welcome to the Pennsylvania Chamber's All Business Podcast, featuring the perspectives and unique insights of the Commonwealth's most dynamic executives, entrepreneurs, and leaders. My name is Rick Moran. I'm the Director of Marketing for the PA Chamber. And my name is Bill Miller, and I'm the Senior Member Executive for the Chamber. Bill, you were able to have a conversation today with our friends up in Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah, we had an opportunity to talk with not only the local Erie Chamber of Commerce, but also our friends at Erie Insurance and the Erie Downtown Development Corporation to take a look at what they're doing to revitalize uh, the city of Erie. You know, we get an opportunity as we're talking with our members and our local chamber partners to really understand the incredible work that many of them are doing in their communities to revitalize downtown corridors, to bring economic development opportunities. And Erie's a really, really great example of this. Uh, and we really wanted to take this opportunity to invite people that are listening to come up to Erie this summer and to see firsthand what's happening. And I think this conversation is just a great example of how business leaders and community leaders to come, can come together to really make positive change. Absolutely. So with no further ado, here's our conversation today. Well, we're excited this afternoon to be joined by uh, three folks from the Erie area uh, that are just doing some amazing things in terms of revitalizing uh, really one of the crown jewels of the state of Pennsylvania, the Erie community. Uh, with us today are Christina Marsh, who's the Chief Diversity and Community Development Officer for Erie Insurance, James Grunke, President and CEO of the Erie Regional Chamber and Growth Partnership, and John Persinger, CEO of the Erie Downtown Development Corporation. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thanks for having, Thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. So as I was saying, uh, there's some amazing things going on in Erie. And, and as I've had the opportunity over the past couple of years uh, to travel up into that area, I am just blown away by uh, the business leadership the revitalization that's happening in, in that in that area. Uh, and, and all three of you, along with a lot of other folks, are really, really at the at the forefront of what's happening in the city. You know, can you give us a little bit of, of background on Erie kind of before we get into the, you know, the amazing things that are going on? What what's what's Erie's history? What was it known for in kind of its heyday? So I can start. Anybody want to start that, Bill? <laughs> Anybody can start that. Chris, why don't you go for it? I can start. Um, so, you know, when we think about where Erie is perfectly situated on a great lake between Buffalo and Cleveland, uh, we certainly were part of the industrial and manufacturing, um, you know, kind of uh, industry uh, for that period. Uh, shipping, of course, uh, to serve the U.S. steel producers was, uh, you know, pretty vibrant uh, back in the 60s, 70s, even just, you know, decades ago. And back in 1970, manufacturing represented about 40% of our economy. So it was, it was a really big part. We had a really large GE plant like many other communities. Um, and now, uh, in present day, we're just under 15% when it comes to ma manufacturing. So we've really had to rethink our economy while also rethinking, um, you know, the skills and and knowledge that are required uh, for our future. And and James or John, what what happened in terms? I mean, I know many cities 
Western Pennsylvania, Eastern Ohio, kind of in that Rust Belt area. What kind of happened over a period in the Erie area uh, as we kind of came out of manufacturing as a, as a, as a focus in, in, in large parts of the United States? I think James has got this area covered. I've got a small focus on downtown. Well, you know, really like um, many legacy cities, uh, the decline was so gradual that it, 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 I think people were acknowledging, hey, we're going the wrong direction here. Um, they used the term, which I'd never heard before, called managed decline, which one, I, I don't know how you would do that. And two, why would you ever say that out loud? Um, but what happened, I think, over the time, and since I'm the, the newest of the three of us to this community, um, I'm really actually the, the beneficiary of the work that Erie Insurance started with, with Chris Marsh um, and saying, hey, as the leading corporate uh, citizen, we have to do better and we have a role in leading our community. And they were instrumental in the creation of the Erie Downtown De uh, Development Corporation, which, which is is John's Avenue. And then I came along later because all this great work was already happening to say, okay, now that we have these seeds happening, how do we really change and let um, Erie prosper? Um, and I think, you know, you, between the two of them, you've got $250 million of investment in the downtown core in the last couple of years. I mean, how many places across the country could say that? And I think John, what he's, his team is doing in being kind of visionary and leading the community forward really is giving um, a vote of confidence, I think, to the citizens in, in, the, in the community that we're going the right direction. And I think what John is doing is very admirable. You know, Bill, uh, we're fortunate that we, uh, James kind of said it earlier, and I want to uh, echo it. We've got great um, private sector leadership. Um, many of his board organizations are the same organizations that created the Erie Downtown Development Corporation and the Erie Downtown Equity Fund. And none of this, the work that's happening, the investment that, are, that is occurring happens without great corporate private sector leadership. Um, uh, Chris has obviously played a big role behind the scenes. There are another of other major private sector employers who've been involved as well. Well, let's talk a little bit about that leadership because, uh, you know, obviously Erie Insurance, namesake of the community, you know, in, in 2016 decided to uh, build a new downtown headquarters. Uh, Chris, what was the hope in, in doing that and building a facility right there in the city? Sure. Well, um, you know, fortunately, we have invested quite a bit uh, in the downtown and our properties. We have 40 acres right in the heart of downtown, right across from Perry Square. Um, you know, we are coming up almost on our 100 year anniversary. Uh, Erie is our hometown and our namesake. So we have great pride in the city that we call home. And we like to see the positives and the assets of our community. And uh, as we continue to grow as an organization and as our number of employees here in Erie continue to grow, um, we knew that we needed more space. And uh, what better place than right on the corner of Perry Square to do that? The, the hope was that, you know, as, as John and James are pointing out, is that we would continue to show optimism uh, yeah. through our continued investment, you know, by building um, one of the largest buildings uh, in our region right here um, in the city, in the downtown core. You know, our service leadership is what ses sets us apart in the industry. And we certainly believe that in our community, there's a certain responsibility for us 
um, to lead in a civic way, uh, particularly now that we have found ourselves in this number one employer position in our region and the only Fortune 500 company left headquartered here in Erie. Wow. I mean, what kind of message, John, do you think this sent to the rest of the community, this, this, this type of investment, this type of decision? It is a huge burst of optimism for the community. People um, for years, I think, had been used to companies um, closing their doors, moving to other states, laying off employees. And here we had a corporate leader who was saying, not only are we going to grow, but we're going to grow right in the heart of the city. And I am muting myself because there's a lot of construction that's going on right around us from our office. But I'm looking out at our office across Perry Square at the the beautiful new Erie Insurance Building. And so it's uh, all the uh, investment that's happened on their campus that's happening in downtown has been a great um, sign of hope and optimism for the community over these last few years, which is, um, you know, an interesting time. We're coming out of a global pandemic where it felt, I know people felt as if the world was collapsing and at times they still feel that, but that's not the feeling that you get if you walk among the streets in downtown area. There are new shops and businesses opening up. There's steel going up. There are cranes everywhere. It is, this is a good problem to have, but people will still complain about it. It is tough to find a parking spot in downtown Erie, um, which is, I know um, many cities are used to, but we haven't been used to that uh, here in Erie for years. And so it's quite an interesting time to be here in the community. And it's definitely an exciting, what's going to be, I think, an exciting next few years ahead for us. Yeah. If anybody hears construction in the background of this podcast, it's not a sound effect. It's actual, <laughs> actual construction going on. So, you know, as, as, as I interviewed each of you before the podcast, you know, um, it seemed like there were some key moments that happened over the course of the last few years to really put you in this position as a launch pad to grow. And, and one of them was that decision to build uh, Erie Insurance's new headquarters downtown. Another key moment, and, and James, you, you kind of touched on this as well, was the founding of the Erie Downtown Development Corporation. Uh, James, maybe you can touch on the, the value of having an entity like that as you're, as you're trying to revitalize an area. Well, I, I like to cite um, in around 20, I don't remember exactly the year, 2016-ish, um, uh, Erie Community, they, they commissioned a fairly famous local report here locally called the, the Bookie Report, right? And he essentially said two things. He said, and I'm going to paraphrase since this is a, a family-friendly uh, <laughs> podcast. He's, he essentially said, stop doing stupid things. But two, if you're not willing to invest in yourself, why would anybody right. else? And if in, in, I think the number he said at that time was, you need to put about $600 million into this community if you really want to get serious. I've kind of inflated that uh, to a billion dollars. But the truth is, since that time, and really shorter time, that that's what's actually happened. I can Here in Erie, everything starts at the water and you kind of move south from there. So we can look at um, when the courtyard and the Sheridan and the convention center were built, and then Scott Enterprises building um, uh, their building. And then we go to UPMC, which was a $100 million tower. We go to Erie Insurance, $150 million. We go to EDDC, $100 plus million dollars. Um, and I just marched down the street. And so those actually caused other investments. So we see another 
a parcel of property um, in between Erie Insurance and EDDC called um, Richford Arms. They're doing $30 million of renovation. We had the one of the last remaining Warner Brothers theaters in the country, another $30 million. The, the UPMC ballpark, $50 million. Gannon University, $70 million. The building I'm in, another 15. I mean, it's just a staggering amount of money that's pouring into the downtown right now. And I think, I bet as a community, we just don't even realize that. But if it wasn't for those early decisions, Erie Insurance committed to Ford and the private sector saying, we're going to invest in ourselves and create the Erie Downtown Development Corporation. I think many of those other things that I mentioned wouldn't have happened. And I don't think John and, and Christine, Chris could answer it. I don't think this community would have ever believed they would invest $600 million in themselves. And it's been exceeded. Wow, that's true. That's tremendous. Those are some serious numbers there. Um, John, what was the original goal of the EDDC? We were formed uh, based on the recommendation of the Buki plan that um, James talked about to revitalize downtown through property development. We've talked about this before, but we are a community that has for years suffered from uh, economic uh, jobs and population decline. And when you have 60 years of decline, it left a lot of um, a, a abundance of abandoned, blighted, vacant, underutilized properties, particularly in our downtown core. And so there was some group that needed to go in and take care of those properties. And that's where we came into play. We are formed uh, and modeled after the very successful Cincinnati Center City Development Corporation, which has done some incredible work uh, in the over the Rhine neighborhood in Cincinnati for the last 15, 20 years. They've provided us some great um, guidance, some advice, some lessons learned, but really none of this happens without, um, we are the acquirer and developer of properties, but none of this happens without the Erie Downtown Equity Fund. Local uh, corporations and philanthropic individuals and organizations raised just over $27 million to acquire and redevelop properties. This is money that was really sorely needed because these properties really needed a lot of work. And so um, we started with that 27, but we've been able to leverage it for uh, quite a bit more. We're targeting just over $100 million when it's all said and done. And it's transformed three blocks right off of Perry Square, which is our, our town square, and right along State Street, which is our main street. So this is all critical property right in the heart of downtown, and it had been blighted for years. But thanks to leadership at Erie Insurance and uh, some of the aforementioned names, UPMC, Hammett, Highmark, the, um, we've really had a great collaborative uh, effort here on the ground to transform our downtown core. Yeah, Bill, if I could amplify that point on the collaboration, because really, you know, Erie Insurance gets a lot of credit sometimes for leading our our CEO, uh, Tim Nicastro, and our chair, uh, Tom Hagen, were instrumental in kind of seeing the vision and, and believed in what Erie could be. And the power was in bringing others to the table. And the more we learned, you know, Mike Batchelor, the Erie Community Foundation, and so many others that also believed in that vision early on and came alongside and, and wanted to also, you know, lead together. And so many meetings we had, Tim was very quick to point out that that collaboration was key. We needed to speak in one voice. If we were going to access additional resources on the public side, if we were going to incent additional private investment, we needed to prove that we had a shared goal and vision. 
And, um, and really, it was such an, an amazing collaborative effort uh, to really bring the EDDC forward, but also to really start seeing the ripple effects out into the community beyond that. It does really seem like it was it was the work of so many and so many organizations that, you know, you really feel it when you're a visitor to Erie and you attend, whether it's a, a, a chamber event or uh, something at one of our, our members, the, the collegial atmosphere uh, up in Erie is uh, a lot of other communities would, would learn a lot from that cooperation and, and, and teamwork that I can see in the area. So the next moment that I wanted to highlight was back in 2017, the passage of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act and the creation of federal opportunity zones. That that and and you seem to be just the absolute case study for the benefit of those opportunity zones and what they've been able to do. Could you give us a little um, John, maybe this would be best for you kind of describe how an opportunity zone works. Sure. So in the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, they uh, inserted a incentive, uh, tax incentive for investment into low income census tracts. And um, as some of your um, viewers may be surprised here, we have a few low income census tracts here in Erie. But instead of kind of um, um, wallowing in it and having a woe is me attitude, we turned it into a positive and said, we are welcome. We are ready for investment. And so um, for those that have capital gains and want to take advantage of this federal legislation, we have projects that are ready to be invested in. And, um, it's just, uh, we were in a great position to capitalize on the um, OZ legislation because all the groundwork, I think, had been laid in the years before with the delivery of the Buki report and the organization of the EDC and recruiting James and bringing him into the chamber. And so we were we were fortunate that we were at this just really perfect time to capitalize it. And I may transition and kick it over to James because his team at the chamber did did the best promotion of it on sort of a, a regional and a national level. We just uh, amongst other organizations had projects that could be invested in thanks to the start of local capital investing in those projects. But really, the chamber took it and ran with it on a regional and national level. Well, I mean, that's kind to say, but I mean, really, if it wasn't for John and his team really recognizing, hey, this is a tremendous, I, I hate to use the word opportunity, but a tremendous opportunity for Erie, because this is exactly the type of community that it was designed for. And one of the things that we always liked about it, it was not a government program. It was a government incentive, mm -hmm. right? It's not like, really, here's the rule, you know, go figure it out. And, you know, Brett Weiler at that time working for the city really put the very first investment prospectus together and began shopping it. And we got some national attention early on, but it wasn't just national attention. Hey, we're the ones who got it figured out. We had projects like the EDDC that, that could say, hey, we're ready to go. But again, um, not to make this the Erie Insurance Show, but we would happy to. They also said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna create our own fifty million dollar um, opportunity zone fund because we recognize that, right?" So they play their partnership and leadership in this community comes many different roles, and I think we then um, 
did investment prospectus 2.0, which is about how do you bring private, a public sector investment into the community. And then really because of the work that Brett, who was then in our team, and John in ADDC, you know, we were recognized by Forbes magazine as, as the top uh, community in the United States of getting this figured out. Um, and it just puts Erie in a different conversation. But really, again, um, I... Our job is to be the cheerleader. It's really, I look at area insurance and John, they're the ones who made it a reality. And then how did the creation of the Erie forward plan kind of fit into all of this? How, how did this, you know, this so, seems like the capstone after everything else was layered on top. Yeah. So the Erie forward is our five-year economic development strategy that uh, we really created in um, 2019, uh, probably uh, hundreds of community stakeholders, but it's really a blueprint for economic development, right? There's only four basic plays. What are you doing to attract companies? What are you doing to help existing companies grow and expand? What are you doing for um, uh, uh, entrepreneurship? And then finally, workforce development. But we had gone out and began raising the funding to implement Erie Ford because you should have a specific job creation goal that you want to do, capital investment goal, and be held accountable and measurable for your results. And thankfully, we had raised a lot of that money prior to the start of the pandemic so we could actually then um, really serve the community. You know, that first few months of the pandemic, none of us knew what were happening. All of our email inboxes were just you know, inundated with information. And if we had not had the Erie Ford, we would not have been able to become a kind of a trusted voice with the business community about what's going on, how to address it. I mean, now it seems easy, you know, how do you get personal protection equipment? You know, none of us even had a mask two years ago, let alone, right? And so Erie Ford is our economic development strategy, but it actually gave us a, a, a chance organizationally to really provide some leadership in the community. Sorry for the lengthy answer, but they're used to it from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, how does that, how does the Erie Forward plan then strengthen or kind of complement the efforts of the EDDC? Well, so one of the things that we say is um, uh, capital investment is a measurement of success. So everything they do, of course, goes to a measure of success. But what do they also do? They're building stuff. What do we need? We need workforce training. So the, just the fact that they're building things is giving opportunities for new tradesmen and new crafts and new professional services that never along would have been happening in Erie, right? And so it's, I wouldn't just say it's the contractor do it, right? The lawyers have had to figure out new complicated things, right? So we're probably a little cottage industry for the, the legal profession, but across the board. And that's what these two really do. I mean, it's their money that's doing it. I'm just, yay, yay team. <laughs> so now that we've got kind of all these pieces in place, we've got the EDDC, we've got the right plans. Um, when I come to Erie now, Chris, let's, let's talk a little bit about <laughs> what I'm going to see that wasn't there five, 10 years ago, or, or perhaps was, but needed a facelift, for example. What, what are we seeing? What would a visitor to Erie see right now? That, that we should be excited about. Yeah, and you know, you, you think about these visions and where you start and uh, you realize you still have so much work ahead. And so to be at this point where you're starting to see some of the, re just some of the results, you know, we hope for our, for our own residents and community, in, in addition to visitors uh, like you, Bill, 
that you'll see definitely the vibrancy that we had hoped and the vibrancy for everyone. I think one of the things that I've really appreciated about John and his team in how they've been thinking about kind of the redevelopment of this, of the downtown core is creating, you know, the flagship food hall mm. of, is one destination with so many cultural and diverse uh, food, uh, you know, options really one that they describe as, you know, kind of the community's table. And I just love that because when you go in, you really do experience something new and different than you've experienced in Erie before then. Um, the same with the food market, you know, to have a, a viable, affordable market with, you know, accessible quality foods right there at the heart of downtown for residents that are there every day was really important. And, and John and his team, again, just really stayed true to their mission and goals. Um, so when you come in and you see all the construction and you see the steel beams that are just continuing to go up, you see the beautiful, you know, bayfront at the foot of State Street and some of the newer things that John and James were describing, uh, the newer restaurants and amenities and rooftops, restaurants that we haven't had in the past overlooking our beautiful bay and, and Presque Isle. It's, it's really um, something to see and experience. We just are very fortunate to be a small part of it and, and to get to experience it um, every day. Yeah, I'm looking forward to experiencing the food hall soon. I've got other friends in Erie. I've been very jealous as I see their Facebook posts at the food hall. <laughs> you will enjoy. Absolutely. So what's next? What's on the horizon in terms of next steps of development? What are you, what are you hoping to see in the next five to 10 years? I'll start. I'm sure James and John have their, you know, view of the next five or 10 years, you know, for us, um, you know, during COVID, it certainly kind of shown uh, some disparities in our community and um, the social and, and racial divide uh, that's here um, in the city. And, you know, the opportunity zones were created for a purpose and a reason and to really bring that social impact with economic impact, kind of marry those together. And for us, we are thinking about the ripple effect. So what's the next ripple effect? And um, we're leaning more into a, a potential Eastside Renaissance uh, project uh, that we've been engaged with some local leaders here, um, as well as continuing to support those neighborhood groups uh, that are in this every day, um, trying to make sense of, you know, how do you lift up a community and lift it up in a sustainable way, that economic empowerment, the programs that are necessary for home ownership, financial, you know, literacy, insurance, all of those wonderful things that sometimes we take for granted. So how do we enable access to those things uh, for, for the future good of our community? That's great. I know John and James have, I'm sure their own five-year vision. Well, I think, um, you know, we've talked a lot about, it. and again, in here you think water, right? So this was north, south. And, and John sometimes says, you know, hey, I only have a three or four block area, but he really doesn't. I mean, the the, the investment that, that they're doing and they're responsible for has a tremendous ripple effect. And they're really now looking east and west. So the downtown is is neighbor um, bordered by two of the, the poorest neighborhoods in, in the in the community. And so as Chris alluded to, the uh, renaissance on the east side um, and rebuilding some of that core, we see that happening already in, on the west side um, in an area called our West Bayfront, where we see not only housing rehab, but we have businesses moving in there. I see much more business growth going east and west versus north-south. Um, but if it wasn't for the core, we couldn't have this ripple. So I just continue to see, I think we're going to see significant growth. I don't 
I like to say economic development didn't stop during the pandemic in Erie. It, it's really been accelerated. You know, we have a, a, a recycling plant that is looking to be uh, located in a former industrial site. That's a $300 million investment over the next couple of years. So I, I think it started with a small circle, but the, the benefit is, is tremendous. And it's really because of the two people on this call. That's not me. John, what about you? What is your what is your thoughts for the next things that we can expect? Well, I think there's going to be a lot more development across the city. Just to echo uh, Chris and James, because I feel like the maybe the hardest work has been done, and that's getting the initial buy-in. Right. Um, you know, we've gone through years of um, uh, economic and population decline, and so what reason would there be to invest in Erie? But fortunately, we had um, great corporate leaders who believe in Erie's future, who know its potential, and were willing to put their own skin into the game. And that has made all the difference. Um, we've got these projects off the ground. We've got construction rolling. It's happening across the community. And so to see, um, I think um, sometimes investors can want to take a wait and see approach. And so I think what will be interesting is I think we're going to see a lot more money from outside the area start to come to Erie because they've seen, okay, the community actually did what it was. It said it was going to do. It put up money, it delivered transformational projects. Now's the time to capitalize on those projects. So it's an exciting few years ahead for the community. And um, the next time that we're recording this, hopefully we'll record it from a food hall with all of us in person. Oh, I would that would be awesome. I uh, I don't I don't know if I'll be speaking too much. I'd be too too busy. <laughs> well, in between. Uh, yeah. So so first off, if you're listening to this podcast, take some time this summer, make the trip up to Erie. You will not regret it. You're going to really enjoy everything that you see from the bayfront to the revitalization and, and the new restaurants and activities in in downtown Erie. Definitely take the opportunity this summer. Um, I want to take this opportunity just to thank our three guests, uh, John, Christine, and James, uh, for for joining us today and definitely highlight uh, just thanking them and, and all of our members that we have in the Erie area. We really do have some tremendous uh, Pennsylvania Chamber members in that area, and we're very thankful for their investment and their participation in the organization. Thank you for listening to the All Business Podcast from the Pennsylvania Chamber. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. With almost 10,000 member organizations, the Pennsylvania Chamber advocates for job creation and greater prosperity across the Commonwealth. Visit our website at pachamber.org to learn more about us, our members, and how to become part of the statewide voice of business. We'll see you next time.